Hey y'all, welcome to episode 16 of Relationshiping and Handling, a podcast about different relationships and how to handle different aspects of those relationships. I am your host, Hunter, and Christmas is here, y'all. I am so excited about it. I love Christmas time. Um, I'm in the middle of doing a kind of mini-series, I guess, uh, about Christmas, the different characters of the Christmas story, and what we can learn from them as far as relationships go. Uh, Last week was part one. I talked about the Christmas couple, uh, Mary and Joseph, and what we can learn from them. If you haven't checked it out, definitely do so. Um, I feel like it's a good one. Of course, I could be a little biased. But uh, this week is week two, diving into another couple of characters in the story of Christmas. Um, Just like last week, I talked about uh, traditions. I'm also going to be talking a little bit about what Christmas kind of looks like, uh, what I what it's like as as hunter um as far as that goes and so this week i really want to talk about something that i miss um man one of the churches that i went to we would go out caroling and i absolutely miss going caroling um we went to nursing homes. We went to uh, different houses that us as a church knew um, they were shut-ins. Um, we also went to different houses around the neighborhood of our church and just knocked on doors, um, seeing if we could, uh, you know, sing Christmas carols to them. Um, you know, we got a mixed bag of, oh yeah, come on in, or yeah, sure, you can do that right here on my doorstep, or no, not right now. Um, but it was a great time and I loved it. I love singing. If y'all don't know this, um, music is a big part of my life. Um, I love singing. I love playing music. Uh, I've written some of my own songs. I also love putting a smile on other people's faces. And when you're caroling, it puts a smile on people's face and I love it. Another thing that I love is putting a smile on my face, making me laugh a little bit. And when we would go caroling, I would make it a point to stand around people who did not know how to sing. And that makes me laugh. Um, It just brings brings joy. But that's part of the reason why we would do it. We'd go out and, and go caroling because it would bring joy to people. It would also make those who didn't feel worthy, didn't feel like people cared, you know, especially those in nursing homes and those who were shut in and and didn't get out very much. It made them feel worthy and made them feel like somebody cared about them. Um, And then lastly, the, the most important reason why we would go caroling was to spread the gospel. And now we would, we would uh, sing songs like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and and uh, Jingle Bells and and all of those generic Christmas songs. But one thing that we didn't shy away from and we definitely made a point to do was we would sing Christmas songs that had Christ at the center. We would sing songs like Oh Silent Night, uh, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, um, you know, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And the reason for that is because they had the real reason for Christmas intermingled into the song. 
In fact, there was a, a guy that I went to church with and he started coming, his family started coming because of the fact that we went in the neighborhood and went Christmas caroling one year. It was it was a really, really cool story. But that actually, that brings me to my favorite part of the Christmas story. I've, I've Again, I've heard this, this story hundreds of times. And it wasn't until about last year, maybe two years ago, yeah, I think it was two years ago, that I really started diving into this part of the scripture um, in Luke 2, 8 through 20. That's where I'm going to be spending my time uh, talking today is about the angels coming to see the shepherds. Um, In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think that caroling actually originates from whenever the angels came and sang. But before we dive into the scripture itself, let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Christmas. I thank you that you sent your only son to be born on this earth in a manger so that he could grow up to be the Messiah, grow up to be a perfect human being, a perfect man to be sacrificed and to be our sacrificial lamb so that we can have everlasting life, eternal life with you, God, so that we can be reconciled back to you. And I thank you so much that this time of year, we get a chance to set aside some time and really focus on what the true meaning of Christmas is. I love you, God, and I pray that you will just open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to see and hear what it is that you want to speak to us, Lord. I pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, let me just dive right into the part of Scripture that we're going to be dealing with. So, this was Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, or he's the Messiah in some uh, translations. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Man, this is my favorite, my favorite part of the story. What's what's really cool here is let's go back to last week and what I talked about and the fact that for over 400 years, God had not talked 
to humans, to people at all. He was silent. And then all of a sudden, this this just kind of domino effect started happening where angels started speaking on behalf of God to these different people. Elizabeth, Zechariah, uh, Mary, and Joseph. And now they came, uh, an angel came and, and spoke to these shepherds, right? Not only did an angel come and speak to these shepherds, but a multitude of angels came and spoke to these. This is one of only a handful of times where multiple angels came and spoke to people. Okay, so this must be really, really important. They must have had something really important to say. So I think that's really important that we pay attention to this because if it was if it was important enough to bring multitudes, which could have been, it could have been dozens, it could have been hundreds, it could have been thousands that filled up the sky. Like, imagine what that would have looked like. And they're singing praises to God. And and they're giving this good news to these shepherds. They are the first people, the first people to hear about the birth of Christ. So who were these shepherds? Well, shepherds at that time, they were very lowly. <laughs> they were poor. They were socially outcast. They were probably introverts because they spent all of their time around sheep. <laughs> not much time around other humans, around each other maybe, but, but not around other people. They were smelly. Not someone you wanted to be back then. Uh, and their, their sheep weren't only their job, they were their livelihood. You know, you realize that if if a sheep wandered off, they wandered off to find that sheep, because it wasn't just the the money that they received for the for these sheep, but it's it's what put food in their belly. I mean, they not they risked their lives for these dumb dumb animals. And if you haven't been around sheep, then you don't realize how dumb sheep are. They are very, very dumb animals. And that's part of the reason why you need shepherds to herd them around. And not only did their sheep depend on them, but they defended, they depended on their sheep. Because their sheep were what kept them alive. They weren't, they weren't easily scared, probably. Uh, because if any predator came around to eat the sheep, they're the ones that were defending their sheep away from these predators, uh, uh, wolves and bears and, and mountain lions or whatever were around during that time. So because they weren't scared, this had to have been an incredible sight to, to make them, like it says in the Bible, to make them be afraid right? And I believe wholeheartedly the reason why they were afraid is because the glory of the Lord shone around them. People, people want to sit there and say that you shouldn't be afraid of, of, of God, that, there, that you shouldn't fear God in that sense, that it should be an awe and reverence of God. And I believe that. But let me also point out this fact. God is a bit scary. <laughs> the things that God does sometimes is a bit scary. I mean, just I do believe that fearing God 
is more than just having an awe and reverence of him. And, and maybe you disagree, but I do believe that there is some healthy fear that goes along with being in the presence of God or hearing from God or, or whatever the case may be. And they were in the presence of God. And so I do believe that it struck a bit of fear in them. So why were the shepherds um, the first one to hear about Christ being born? I, I mean, they're poor and lowly, like I just said. But if you think about it, if the angels had gone to royalty, do you really think that some kings or queens or princes or, or even like priests, um, do you think they would have gone and fallen down and worshipped a baby that's in a stable full, that's dirty, full of animals and, and disgusting filth that none of them would go to in the first place? I don't think so. And, and in a time where your reputation was very important, do you think that someone who is a blue collar, just regular, like average Joe, do you think that that working class person would, would have done the same thing? Because they probably would have thought to themselves, okay, if I don't, if I do go and do this, who else is going to believe me? And, and if I start to sound crazy, well, then I lose my reputation and, and I'm done for. The shepherds, they were at the bottom of the barrel. They couldn't look more crazy if they tried. People wouldn't have, have blinked twice about them saying something insane, right? Plus, I also believe that they believed, right? That's very important there. They're the ones standing around hoping and waiting for a Messiah, probably more than most, because they're the ones being oppressed. They're the ones that are being treated much more differently than, than anyone else. So something something that, that really rings, um, now that we've talked about them, something that really rings true uh, and, and and really stands out to me is their actions speak volumes. You just have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to what they did. What the angel said was from God, and they understood that. They understood that because you see their response in verse 15. They acknowledge that what the angel said came from the Lord. They said, in verse 15, they said, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They understood that the angels were speaking on behalf of the Lord. They truly believed. And then they obeyed immediately and completely. In, in verse 16, in the NIV and the NLT, it, it uses a word, uh, hurried off. So they hurried off and found most Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I really like the, the words used, or the word used in uh, the, the New King James Version. That word is with haste. They left with haste. That, that, it, that means they, they went immediately right? And they were in a hurry to do so. Does that sound like they waited around at all? It doesn't sound like that to me. And then, and then another thing is that nothing at all was more important than Jesus to them. 
I don't believe that they left anyone to watch over the flock, which again, let's keep in mind this flock, that's their livelihood. It's their, it's not only their job, but it's their livelihood. It's what puts food on the table for them and their families. Okay. And so I don't believe that they left anyone to watch the flock, nor do I believe that they tried to corral a bunch of sheep through through wherever it is that they went, whether it's on the outskirts of town or in the middle of, of town. The sheep, the, the sheep were really stupid. Sheep are just really stupid. They wouldn't have been easily herded, and, and, and I don't think that they, they definitely couldn't have done it with haste if they if they had the sheep in tow so think about this these sheep are absolutely everything to them they risk their lives for the sheep on a regular basis these sheep are the only way that they stay alive and how and they left them to obey god and see jesus <laughs> i mean how incredible is that I mean, think about it. What if the sheep were stolen? What if they couldn't find them after they went and saw Jesus? What if a pack of wolves ate them? How would these these guys have lived if all their sheep were gone or most of them were gone? But you know what? They didn't care about that. These guys did not care. They obeyed God and they had faith in him. I do believe that they had faith that God was going to keep their sheep safe while they were gone because God was telling them to do something. Let me ask you a question. What have you laid down to obey God completely? What Could you lay down everything? Your job, your friends, your, your house, your car, your money, your comforts of life? that relationship that you have, even your family, could you lay all that down to do what God tells you to do? Because that's what God, that's what God through the angels told them to do. Drop everything and go see this baby. And then the last thing that I see here, that their actions speak multitude, like just speak immeasurably. I, I can't even get the words out is that they didn't keep all of this to themselves. They didn't just go and see this baby. They didn't just see angels. They didn't hear what they had to say and then go see this baby and be like, oh man, that was really cool. No, they, they became the first evangelists, essentially. Right? They, they told everyone that they came in contact with. It was probably people that they knew from selling sheep to them. And it was probably also strangers because there again was a census that brought Mary and Joseph there. So they're probably people from other places that they came in contact with because they're, they're running around being, being loud, probably waking people up and telling them, telling everyone that they came across what, what happened. They didn't hesitate or care what anybody said to them. They they just went ahead and did this. They, they shared what happened. And what was the outcome? Well, in verse 18, it says, all who heard were amazed. Not just some, not a few, all who heard what they had to say were amazed. 
But they didn't stop there. In verse 20, they continued to praise and worship God uh, over what they had heard and what they had seen. It says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I mean, these guys, they, they, they got to see one of the most incredible, amazing things. And then they responded in a way that just completely blows my mind. In a way that, that, I mean, think about the last thing that Jesus told us, told his disciples as he was ascending into heaven. Go and make disciples of all nations. These guys lived it out before Jesus, who was born in that manger, who they went and saw as a baby before he even said any of that stuff. He, they were living this out. And I don't think for a second that it was just a one night ordeal, a one night thing. I think that they continued for for days, for months, for years to tell people what had happened to them and about the the miracle of Christ's birth, which probably set the stage for whenever Christ started his ministry. How incredible is that? So what can we learn from the shepherds whenever it comes to relationships? Well, with our relationship with God, I, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but he must come first. They put God's, uh, what God had to say first and foremost in their lives because they not only heard what he had to say and they not only took it in and listened to what he had to say, but they went and did. They went and saw the baby Jesus and then they took they took that and, and, and ran with it. And I do believe that that's what God told them to do as well. So we need to be obeying God's commands, no matter what the cost is. And no matter what your own outlook on yourself or with yourself is, God sees you as important and able to be used. Again, if y'all haven't listened to or seen my episode, uh, episode two, uh, entitled Me, Myself, and I. It's about having a relationship with yourself, how you should see yourself, and how God sees you. And if you need to hear, especially during this holiday season, during this Christmas season, if you're alone, if you if you feel a little down on yourself, if this is a hard time, and you need to hear what it is that God thinks about you and, and how He sees you, please go take a listen. Now, what can we learn about the relation with, in regards to relationship with the lost people and, or with strangers? Well, first thing, don't put off share, spreading the gospel, sharing with someone the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't put it off. I mean, think about it. It was nighttime. People were probably asleep, but the shepherds didn't care. They probably knocked on doors or made so much noise praising God that it brought forth the attention from those people. They recognized that nothing, absolutely nothing, was more important than telling others about Christ's birth. The miracle of Jesus being on this earth. Do you recognize that? Do you live that way? Do you recognize the fact that there's nothing more important than telling other people about Christ? Do you have lost 
lost people in your lives that need to hear the gospel, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, when you see strangers even, do you see them as lost or believers? One thing that should stand out is in Matthew 7, uh, verse 13 and 14. Jesus said this about those who are non-believers and believers. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So those strangers, those people who are bagging up your groceries, those people who are dropping off your mail, those people who uh, you pass um, in the hallways that you never met at school or, or at work or, or wherever it is that you are, those people, let's put on some, some glasses and some lenses that sees those people as lost. Whether they are lost or whether they're believers, it doesn't matter. We need to start seeing people as, as lost people that need Jesus. And if we start seeing people like that, then we'll, we'll, we'll live like the shepherds and not put off spreading the gospel. And spreading the gospel is our response to the gospel in our own lives. If, if you don't have this burning to tell others about the gospel, maybe we need to start with reflecting on the truth of the gospel, that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, raised himself from the dead so that we can take his place and so he could take our place with, with the sin, that sin is buried and gone and we now are reconciled back to God. And, and and maybe you need to ask yourself, do you truly believe in the gospel? Because if you don't have this burning desire to tell other people, and believe me, I am preaching to the choir here because I sometimes don't have that burning desire to spread the gospel. But my goodness, we need to start having that burning desire. It needs to be one of the things that we do on a regular basis. And lastly, what the shepherds can teach us whenever it comes to relationship with other believers is don't look down on other believers because they are experiencing or, or doing something um, incredible or, or whatever the case may be. I mean, do you believe yourself better or more uh, seasoned than other Christians? I fall into that, that trap all the time. Well, I've been in church longer. I have been a Christian longer. Why is it that they are experiencing all these incredible things? Why are they doing these great things and I'm not and blah, 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 blah. Do you find yourself not joyful when others experience miracles or, or do great things? I've fallen in that trap also. It's a sin. We need to remember that God's plans aren't ours and thank God they're not. He sometimes, and it seems like most of the time, uses those who are lesser to fulfill mighty works. And so the way that we need to be seeing each other is not the way that society back then saw the, the shepherds. We need to be seeing everybody as equals and praising God whenever 
people, peers, uh, other believers are doing incredible things and spreading the gospel like nobody's business. Like that's something that, that I have definitely learned from the shepherds. So let's, let's read the story of our Savior's birth again. Go and do that on your own and really reflect on the responses and actions of these lesser than shepherds. What did they give up? How did God use them? How did their actions change history? And what is God speaking specifically to you through these servants of the Lord that he used 10 or 2000 years ago, sorry, to spread the news of the Savior's birth? So if, uh, if you like this, uh, you know, comment, uh, like it, share it. Share it with somebody that, that might need to hear some of this, uh, that, that loves Christmas, maybe has fallen into the traps of, of society whenever it comes to Christmas, of being wrapped up in, in all the, uh, you know, buying gifts and the decorating and the stresses of it all. Until next week, guys, I love y'all and God bless you. See ya.